Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. Anybody here for the word? Okay. Just want to set that out there. Make sure we were here for the word. Now, the, the scripture says this in, in 11 of Hebrews. It says, for they, verily, for they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasures. I'm in 10. Let's, let me jump to 11. Talking about parents chasing us. Now it goes to the Lord. Now, no chastening or correction for the present seemeth to be joyous. But grievous. Anybody enjoy, enjoy spankings when you were younger? No? Uh, there's, a, there's a word in the house for you. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yielded the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which were exercised thereby. Whole lot of King James right there saying that when you were corrected when you were younger, you didn't have to be corrected by the court system. When your mother took care of it, the police didn't have to take care of it. In other words, the correction in your life when you were young yielded fruit when you were older. You never get away from rules, amen? You just have to live and be corrected by them in different ways when you get older. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. How is it that correction brings strength? It lifts up hands that hang down? And strengthens feeble knees, interesting. And make straight the paths of your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. This is what the world would do. If it's lame or broken, push it aside. But this was what the scripture says, but let it rather be healed. God desires you to be healed. Hello, somebody. He does not decide for in any way, shape, or form for your life to be a life that is categorized as someone that needs to be moved out of the way. Scripture says he desires you to be healed and therefore be used by God. And follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently lest any man fail the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled, lest there be any fornicators or profane person as Esau who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For ye know not that afterward when we would have inherited the blessing, you would have inherited the blessing. It was yours. It had your name on it. When we would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. In other words, he, Esau was rejected for he found no place of repentance though he sought it carefully with tears. Mm, mm, mm. Did you know that you can try to repent even with tears and not find a place of repentance? Repentance needs to come from the deepest part of you where you actually change your ways and change your lifestyle. And if you never change anything in your life, you may have sought repentance and not found it, even though you sought it with tears. I want to talk to you because the scripture calls that a profane person. We don't want to be a profane person. We don't want to be a person that doesn't take on our inheritance. Amen. We need to grow into what God has for us. Anybody believe that? And it starts right here. It starts in your mind. So I'm going to talk to you for just a few minutes about a growth 
mindset. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Bless it to hear, quench our thirst, and feed our hearts. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. So good to see you all. You all look good, smell good. Well, most of you smell good. I don't know. So great to see you. Uh, thank you, worship team. I always want to be thankful for all the work that's done every Sunday. Thank you for whoever cleans up, helps us to get ready for all that goes on today. Uh, your worship is in your hands, and you're helping move the church forward. And that is part of a growth mindset, is a church that gives of their efforts to help God's kingdom come to earth. Amen, somebody? So thank you for all you do. Here in the Hebrews we find that if there is going to be a coffee shop in a church, it needs to be men working there. Because it says Hebrews. No, oh, no, no, no. <clears throat> but um, um. Let's, let's begin the sermon again, because I feel the Holy Ghost just left. <laughs> in the beginning, God created that. No, kidding. <laughs> I need to go all the way back. It was that bad. So we start again. The Hebrew writer tells us a little bit and lets us into an understanding of how God parents us or the parentage of God and that he does correct us. And he does correct us because he loves us. So when you are corrected, it does not mean you're not a child of God. It actually means that you are very much a child of God and he loves you. And if you have the mindset of correction being a loving father helping you into your best life, you will not resent correction. You will not enjoy correction. No one enjoys correction. But God does correct us and move us to the right way to live. And, and I'm thankful for that because it tells me here that in God's parentage, there's no such thing as a timeout. There's no place where he puts you in the corner and says, you sit there till you get a better attitude. He has you work through it. Everybody say, work through it. You're healing while he's correcting. He's helping you while you heal, basically, is what the scripture has always revealed to me. And so I understand that the Lord corrects you in the moment that you need it. Anybody ever have a parent that knew how to take care of the correction when the moment arose? Mm, I, when, I, when I was younger, I don't know about you, but my, my mother believed in swift correction, the rod of correction to the seat of judgment. Amen? <laughs> oh, yes. And she didn't care who was watching. And she didn't care how much it broke my pride. And so, and unfortunately for me, my mother was a teacher in the school that I attended and I was in her class. So if I acted out and showed out, she showed up right then. There wasn't no wait till you get home and the hope she forgot. There was none of that. It was, we're going to take care of this right here, right now, and it's going to be swift judgment. And you know how that happens. Your mom swoops in, takes care of it, and then your friends make fun of the faces you made for the, for the next week and a half. They're all like, oh. I never saw you try to run so fast in all your life. She got a hold of that ear, swung you around, and yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if you still believe in, you know, those kind of punishments, but I tell you what, um, if psychologists knew, my mom squelched my personality all through my young days. 
She made sure I was corrected because she loved me. And I've had to talk to people that are in jail right now that spent their life getting away with things I couldn't get away with. But they took care of it someplace else in another time and they were not ready for life and they had massive consequences because someone didn't love them enough to correct them. If your pastor ever corrects you, I know I'm a pastor, I get it, it's hard to say this message, but if your pastor ever corrects you, love him for it. Because if he doesn't correct you, then maybe he doesn't love you. And if the pastor comes and says, we need to make a course adjustment, we need to learn together, then just know that he's trying to spare you from the consequences that are coming down the road. And those are going to hurt so much worse than what correction you have to go through right now. For the correction right now is a little bit of pain, a little bit of struggle, and a little bit of work and difficulty, and it's uncomfortable. And yes, it might even affect your pride. It might even crush that part of you that needs to be humbled, but if you will go through it, if you'll let it work on your heart and your life, you will come out the other side and there will be blessings in the places of consequences where you would have been bound and caught up and tied up by your own worst doings. Now, the blessings and grace of God through the correction of that moment show up in your future and you can look back and say, had it not been for the Lord to love me through somebody's correct hand had it not been for a mother who said I'll take care of this in the supermarket right between the flour and the sugar I, if it had not been for someone that loved me enough to say your feet are pointed on the wrong path and where that leads leads to destruction but if you'll turn your heart and if you'll humble yourself and and be willing to change now it'll change your forever I'm thankful for a mother that corrected me when I was young and taught me that the rules will always be there. There will always be parameters for which you have to live inside of. And anyone that tells you you can live any way you want is just an individual waiting to crash because the Lord does not even provide that to us. He said, eat of anything you want in the garden, but of that one tree. You have to choose God over everything else. And the growth mindset that I'm speaking to you about is something where you have to decide that everything that ends in your life is the beginning of something new from the Lord. You are not going to deal with the rejection of man very well if you don't understand that he always accepts you. You're not going to deal with some things very well if you don't have a knowledge of the word of God and that you need to forgive others. So these are the things that I want to help us with today because I'm just going to rehearse things probably you already know for a minute and then talk to you about a couple of stories, but here are some growth mindsets. Is this okay? Can I give you eight growth mindsets? All right. This is going to help you in life. All you young people, please listen because this is what you need to hear. If your mom is not in your life or your dad's not in your life, I'm going to be a point of authority for just a minute. You need to learn how to be forgiving. And the way you can remember that is believe the best in people and forgive the rest in people. Believe the best and forgive the rest. You don't have time to worry about what people are thinking. What people think is the last final frontier of privacy. Doesn't matter what they think of you. It matters what he thinks of you. You cannot live your life worried about what everybody else thinks about you. 
You have to live your life forgiving and believing the best in them and forgiving the rest. Is that okay? Everyone say forgiving. It's required of the Lord. He said, I will forgive you according to how much you forgive others. It's very much a, a principle of the word of God. Number two is hope. Isaiah 40 and 31. We have the Lord speaking to us that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. If your hope is placed in the wrong place, you will not renew your strength. Everybody say strength. How many know you need that? The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord, or they that hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. I want to get to the finish line in my life. I do not want to wear out and faint and draw everything that I have out of life, yes, but I do not want to give up too early. But if I don't have my hope in the Lord, I will run out of strength. Somebody said amen. In order to be grow growing in God, you need a mindset that's forgiving, a mindset that has our hope on the Lord, and you need a mindset that says, God has grace for me for all of my life, for everything that I do. Live by grace, not by perfection. These are little sayings that I want to give you today. Live by grace, not by perfection. Anybody perfect in this room? Nobody said yes. Did somebody say yes? All right, we're going to go ahead and break and uh, fill the baptistry and someone's going to walk on water because I need to see this perfection in work. <laughs> Live by grace, not by perfection. Put this in your life. Know that you can't always get it right. You're not always going to be able to get all the facts figured out and have the best answer. You're going to have to step into some situations in your life trusting the Lord, Amen trusting the Lord and knowing that he's going to keep you and guide you. And though you make decisions, he's going to guide your steps. Amen. Number four, a growth mindset is staying humble. That the Lord says he'll humble. If we stay humble, he'll lift us up. Amen, somebody. Number five, I'm moving along quickly. We need to have a mindset, a growth mindset of being patient. Not just being patient with each other, but being patient with yourself. Because you know that God died for you, amen? And that when you decide that you're going to do something, you can sometimes get up and fall down. Try hard and not make it. Do it and you'll do it again and again and again because we're human beings. We don't have perfection yet, but we do have one who is perfection. And he does live inside of us by the power of the Holy Ghost. And so the Bible tells us that we can build ourselves up with our, in our faith if we build ourselves up in the Holy Ghost. So you need to learn how to be patient with yourself and you need to learn how to spend some time accepting the fact that there's not always going to be a, a perfect answer, but there is a perfect Jesus in your life. And while you try to get up and fall down and while you get up a seventh time and, and while you, you strive and, and continue on forward, guess what? You don't have to worry about the moments that you trip because he is our righteousness. He is our perfection. He is our holiness. The holiness that's in you is not you. The holiness that's in you is the Holy Ghost, amen? And that holiness is what gives you a place at the throne room of grace and you can walk in boldly to the Lord and say, God, I need you in this moment. Extend a scepter of authority. Change my situation. I don't know how to do it right, but would you have patience on me, God? Ephesians 4 and 2 says this, if you'd help me, media team, it says, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. We need to have patience for each other in the body of Christ. I'm not talking about just 
somebody constantly living in sin and having patience for that. I'm saying love them out of their situation. Number six, a growth mindset is being devoted. Devoted to each other and to God. Romans 12.10, you find these words. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love and in honoring, preferring one another. We believe, and you heard it if you're going through first steps right now, we believe in honoring one another. Whenever you come and you serve the Lord, you need to honor your brothers and sisters. When you hear me get up here on every single Sunday, you see me go through a little laundry list before I preach of, hey, thank you for this, and Reese, thank you for teaching Spirit Life class. What am I doing? I'm building the culture of honor in the church because that is what the first century church had, and we're supposed to be like them, amen? If we want to get past all the religious rhetoric and all of the other things that have been built by man over time religion is man-made hello somebody but relationship is not and what God gave them in the first church was a relationship with him through the power of the Holy Ghost and he honored them and we should honor one another oh hallelujah I should get a loud amen right there be devoted to each other and honor each other and seven pursue the joy of the Lord because it's your strength Psalms 4 7 says If I translate to a different translation, you have filled my heart with greater joy. You have increased it. Amen. And then number eight, I'm moving quickly, is give yourself time. Give yourself time. Give God time to work it out and give yourself time to work it out and to heal. Someone said amen. Amen. Now, can I give you five things to give up? I know nobody wants to give up on anything. Everybody's like, don't give up, keep pushing, keep striving. Well, these are five things you need to quit right now. Five things you need to quit. If you're taking notes, if you're one of those people, God bless you. You're full of the Holy Ghost. Everybody else, we're going to have an altar call in a minute. We're going to hand out notepads. You need to take some notes. Some of you have mental notes. I get it. You're really smart. Thank you, Jesus, for smart people. Five things to quit. Number one, trying to please everyone. Jesus didn't even please everyone. He had a mission, and he went after the cross because he was purchasing us back. Number two, fearing change. Do not fear change. Because if you fear change, you stop God's hands at work because he may be changing things. He may even be removing some people from your life right now. It's very uncomfortable, but he might be removing somebody from your life because they're toxic, and he cannot get you where he wants you with you having that friendship. I'm sorry that they have to go, but do not fear change. God is doing something in your life, and don't abort what he's doing just because you want to keep a relationship that God says, this will not work. I want to take you to a place where I have you and this may be a moment of correction in your life where he's correcting your course and if you resist him you resist your best future amen this isn't positive this isn't positive mental you know jargon I'm just telling you that this is what God does with us when we trust him number three things to quit living in the past please take down the rearview mirror You only need that when you're driving. You don't need it when you're walking with the Lord. That's why he covers your past with the blood of Jesus. If the devil can't draw it up, neither should you. Oh, my goodness. I'd like to just take off and preach right here.
my Lord, if the devil won't touch it, well, he will. But you should put some things in your past under the blood and erect a no fishing sign. <laughs> Nobody can pick this. Even Jesus will not go back and touch it because he says it's covered. There's only one thing that will not allow God to reach into your past, and that is the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of bulls and goats were only opaque enough to keep God from seeing to the, to the past year. It only rolled the sins ahead for a year. But when Jesus came and died on the cross for you and I, it covered your sins so thoroughly it is justified as if it was never there do you understand when you wake up in the morning and his mercies are new I don't know what you feel like but joy comes in the morning because I know that yesterday has the blessings of walking with God but also yesterday has the blessing of being covered by the blood of the almighty God in flesh Nobody can take my past away like Jesus. Nobody can hit the delete like Jesus. Nobody can walk into my situation and cover my now and wipe away my yesterday. Nobody can take my consequences and make them a blessing. God can take your baggage and make it a blessing because you know I made those choices before I understood what God was up to in my life but now that I'm submitted to the hand and the work and the blood of Jesus Christ in my life now I bring those babies to church no they don't have a father in the home no they don't have a, a, the things that everybody else has this nice perfect little house but they have Jesus in their life there's something different about walking with God you get this growth mindset that even the things that people don't have because of the consequences of sin that Jesus Christ came and he bought back everything I lost and though the devil would like to say that it's taken away and it's never recoverable I was rescued in him I was rescued in him Thank God for a lifeline in Jesus Christ. Oh, I wish you'd lift your hands and thank the Lord for the glory of God that set down on your life and washed you clean and made you new and gave you a new hope and a bright tomorrow. Thank you, Jesus. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Lift your hands and thank the Lord. Oh, God, we love you today. You have been so, so good. Oh, God. And you wonder why tears come out of happy people. It's because I don't have to go back and see all the things I did that were mistakes. I can look at where I'm at and I don't care what I'm tagging, was tagging along with me in the present day from my past. God's blessed it. God protects it. God keeps it. God secures it. God seals it. God puts hope in it. And God gives me a bright tomorrow for it. He'll take my mistakes and make them a miracle. Do you hear me today? Am I preaching to anybody he'll take my yesterday and make it better for my tomorrow nobody can do that but Jesus nobody can walk you out of a, a place of bondage like Jesus he'll not only walk you out and scoop everybody with you but he'll take the keys of death hell and the grave on the way out 
and you can stand and you can say goodbye to somebody and know that God's got your best in mind. I don't know how to say it any other way but to say thank you, Lord. Because if you get a gratitude in your mind, you start to grow in every section of your life. You start to grow in every place in your life. If you get a growth mindset, your gratitude makes everything you have right now enough. You don't have to have the biggest house, the whitest car, the whitest house, the longest car. I, I messed that up. You literally don't have to upgrade every single time the Joneses upgrade. <laughs> You're not living according to man's standards. You're living according to God's set plan for your life. That's why my mind is set on him and I let him take care of the growth. That's a growth mindset. My mind is set on him. They that put their mind on him will be in perfect peace, the scripture says. The peace of God is living inside of me regardless of what happens. But you have to choose it. Two profiles and I'm done. I promise you I won't be long today. I'm trying not to be. But sometimes the storylines in scripture give us lifelines in our present day. And if you use them for his glory, he will help you with the stories of the past. Second Samuel 9, 1 through 12, it tells us the story of Mephibosheth. Do you guys know that story? You ever read the story? Mephibosheth was thankful that he had a good king in David. He was faithful to the king. Everyone say, I want to be faithful to the king. And I don't mean David. I mean the king of kings and lord of lords. Because Jonathan was faithful to the king in chapter 9 of 2 Samuel, I may paraphrase media team because I'm running out of time. David asked, are there any left of the house of Saul? And he wanted to show kindness to the descendants of Saul. If you know anything about kingship in those days, when a new king was, when a new king took over the throne, they often wiped out the previous king's family. It was just the way it was done in those days. It was a heathen thing to do, but it also happened in the church. I mean, not the church, but in the in the, the people of God, things would happen. And so he was like, "I want to honor some of Saul's family," but there's a reason why. He said in the previous verse, he said, because of John, Jonathan's sake, because of Jonathan's kindness. Jonathan was the son of Saul. And while Saul was trying to kill David, Jonathan was helping him escape and helping him survive. And he said, because of Jonathan's kindness, I'm going to honor the heritage of Saul. Never should have been done, but he did it. He said, do you know anybody alive that's of Saul's heritage? And of course, Ziba is his name. It translates into the English language as Zumba, where we get a lot of exercise. It does not. Don't tell anybody that. I was just bored all of a sudden. His name is Zeba, and he has a flock of zebras. And the king said, sorry, rein it in, Calhoun. ADD in full swing here. And when he called unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, yep, that's me. Go to the next verse. And he's like, what up, king? And the king said, is there not any of the house of Saul that I may show kindness of God unto him? And Ziba stopped his Zumba class and said, unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame on his feet. He was known for being crippled. He was known for his physical ailment. Okay? 
put that in your bank and just keep that for a little while. And the king said unto him, where is he? And Ziba said, he said, behold, he's at the house of Maker and the son of Emiel and in low Debar. Um, so the king said, go get him, bring him here to me. And usually when the king calls for you and your heritage of the previous king, that means your days are done. Now Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, this was Saul's grandson, Jonathan's son. He did reverence the king. And David said Mephibosheth. In other words, reverence there meant that he gave him honor and he actually fell on his face before the king. And he answered, behold thy servant. He said, I'm your servant, David. I'm submitted to your authority as king. Sometimes whenever God corrects us, we have to submit ourselves to his authority. Amen. As the king of kings, as no, he knows better than we do. Amen. And so he said, and David said unto him, fear not, for I surely, he's going to address the issue. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm going to show you kindness. Jonathan, for, for thy father's sake. I will restore the land. Look at this. I will restore thee all the land of Saul. Do you not know Saul was a king? Do you know what he just gifted to this man? <sighs> Amazing. Thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. He was invited to the king's table. Everybody say king's table. That's going to come up in a minute. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou should look upon a dead dog as I am? He said, The king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto the master's son, unto your master's son, all that pertained to Saul and to all his house. Now watch. Thou therefore and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for till the land for him. He could not do it himself. So the Lord, the king appointed somebody to do it for him. Have you ever had something that you couldn't get done yourself and you felt like you were stuck? God will appoint somebody to do it for you and will bring you into that blessing. Amen. Oh my goodness, I think that was a little bit heavier than I got a response. But God will set up your blessing even if you don't have the skill set or the ability to go get it. God will have somebody else get it and bring it to you. And thou shalt bring in the fruits and thy master's son may have food to eat. He said, you're going to... You're going to plant it. You're going to culture it. You're going to raise it up. You're going to harvest it. And then you're going to bring it in and feed Mephibosheth. And then he said, but Mephibosheth, thy master's son, shall eat bread always at my table. In other words, he said, you're going to have the benefits of the land, all you and your sons, but Mephibosheth is going to eat at my table. Now, Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. This is what God gave him. When God, when God gave to the king to Jonathan, or when God gave to Mephibosheth because of Jonathan's kindness, his servants, Saul's servants, got blessed. The ones that did not deserve to be cast out got a blessing from the Lord. I want you to know that it doesn't matter what happens to you. It doesn't matter who did it to you or how it was done. You need to have a growth mindset, not a victim mindset. God can only make you a victor if you lose the victim mentality of, well, they did it. They did this. There's not a program for me. There's not something to help me. I can't get up. Look at what I always say. Whenever you focused on what you don't have, you will see what you don't have. And you'll continue to let, anybody ever buy a car here? Anybody buy a car? A brand new car, maybe a medium, maybe a, a used car. And you noticed all of those cars on the road after you bought yours? Anybody? 
Yeah, it's kind of a cognitive thing. Psychologists talk about it, that you notice what you're focused on. So in other words, whenever you say, I can't, I won't, it won't happen for me, never has happened for me, I never get the breaks, I never get opportunities, you're going to get exactly what you speak, because out of your mouth comes your life, amen? You speak into life the things that you say, and your brain obviously is the creator of what you say, so out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, we know that, we know that whatever you do in life, you're going to have to think it first, because thoughts turn into actions, and actions turn into change lifestyle and I'm thankful for the fact that we can address the things that have to change us because you're not going to come out of your situation just hoping so or just feeling like it could get better you're going to get out of your situation by coming out head first you have to come out head first you have to literally think differently than you've always thought you always you maybe you always thought you'd never have a break but guess what Jesus provided blessing for you and hope for you and joy for you and things that can change your life he is patient with us amen somebody Mephibosheth could have said I, I I'm not gonna go to the king I have bad ankles I've I, I have a crippled leg on both sides. I can't go before the king. He was five years old when his father and Saul were killed at the at Mount Gilboa. It did not happen because of him. It happened because of somebody else's choices. And if you were here and you have things that are going on in your life and consequences that you're living with because of somebody else's choices, you can still go to the king and he can still make it right and you still have a place at the table of blessing. Somebody hear me today. Even if it's done to you, he didn't let it define him. He said, if the king is calling, I will go. I may not be qualified, but the king is called. Anybody here have the king calling you? Amen, somebody. Maybe I lost you a little bit. I hope I didn't, but I want you to know that he could have sat in his victimhood, but he decided if the king is calling me, there's victory for my life. And so he went to the castle and from that point on, he always had a seat at the king's table. I don't know if you know the customs of being around a king, but they don't let crippled people in the presence of a king. They do not let individuals that are maimed or hurt or show uh, a lack of perfection in the presence of a king. And the fact that David said, you're welcome at my table, speaks to the grace of God in this story because David exemplified that we, even when we don't have it all right, even when there's broken things and things that didn't heal quite right because for sure he hobbled when he walked. He was not well because whenever Saul and Jonathan died, his nurse scooped him up in fear and ran out with him and on her, her way out she was trying to do a good thing and she tripped and she dropped the baby and broke both of his ankles and that's what caused Mephibosheth to be lame and walk with a halt not because there was anything done wrong but literally because they were trying to protect his life because of what had happened because if David stepped in they would wipe out the family and so she was trying to spare him and a nurse trying to do a good thing caused a bad thing to happen and here now at the end of Mephibosheth days and all the way through his life he had to live throughout all those pain all that rejection all that moment of being the victim he could have settled in and said well if it wasn't for Saul and if it wasn't for Jonathan dying in, in a battle I, I wouldn't be in the situation I'm in I didn't choose this I didn't choose what's going on in my life this is not something that I did this is something that was done to me anybody ever been in that position but guess what God said I've got 
a special place of grace for you. I've got a table prepared before you. And guess what? Even in your enemies come against you. I've got a table prepared for you and a place special for you. Even if it happened to you, you can step into a growth mindset and say, I'm not going to be a victim. I may have to hobble to the king's table. I may have to drag all these consequences with me of a life that I had to live because of things that happened to me. But I'm going to still be devoted to my king. I'm still going to give my life to him. If he calls, I'm going to answer because I have a growth mindset, not a mindset that dwells on my past, but a mindset that says God is enough. You can either be built by what happens to you in life or you can be buried by it. You can either be crushed by it or you can be constructed by it. It's your choice today. Choose a growth mindset, not a mindset that cannot take you to the places that God is calling you to. Would you stand with me today? Somebody's preaching back there. He's like, I got a word, Pastor. Hey, yeah, yeah. Yes, somebody pray for a translation. <laughs> he will grow my life through my life. Amen. God is greater than all these things. He's greater than a strong mind that won't work right. He's greater than a heart that won't work right. He's greater than any emotions that try to overwhelm you. He's greater. He is greater. Constructed or crushed. My other reference was, I don't have time, but Elijah. When Elijah fought the 450 prophets of Baal, well, there were also prophets of Asherah, but who's counting at the moment? They were all false prophets. And when he let God move, they were in a moment of drought, and he said, pour water on the sacrifice. You know what that's like? You know how crazy that sounds? We have very little water and you want to put pour water over rocks and, an, and a dead animal. And he said, the God who answers with fire will answer. And God answered with fire and he licked up all of the water and all the rocks. How awesome is a God who can literally consume rock with fire? Think that through for just a minute that he honors your sacrifice so completely that he takes all of it. Whatever you give him, he'll take all of it. And he'll honor you for giving him that altar, for building that altar in your life. He'll honor you. But when he got done, they sacrificed or they killed all of the prophets of Baal. And then word got back through Ahab that to Jezebel that this had happened. And Jezebel was a wicked woman. She said, far be it from me if this, by the end of this day, I haven't done to, to Elijah what he did to all those, my prophets. In other words, she said, I'm going to kill you, Elijah. I'm coming for you. And, hath, and hell hath no fury than a woman scorned. That's a joke. At an altar call. I can work it in even at the altar call. So he's running. He's running. And he's running. He's running from Jezebel. And he sits down. And he's depressed. And he lets it crush him. He doesn't let it construct him. Two stories. Mephibosheth got up and heard the call of the king and lived his life. Elijah sat down 
said, Lord, I just want to die. It's enough. I'm crushed by it. The only thing Elijah did after this moment was he anointed two kings, Haziel and Jehu. And then he went and anointed his successor. When you sit down and let life crush you, God has to go and look for someone to replace you. I don't like to say that because people are like, oh, God doesn't replace us. We're, we are in his hands. That is true. But when he calls you to a purpose and you let yourself get sidetracked because you don't have a growth mindset to believe that whatever God is correcting in me and whatever God is doing in me, it is for my good. It will build me, not destroy me. If you let yourself get it like Elijah, he'll say, okay, I'm going to let you anoint your succession and I'm going to let you anoint the next couple kings. But from that point on, a double portion rested on Elisha. And Elijah did no other notable miracles. I don't want to be like Elijah in those moments. Thank God he was used all throughout his life and God's grace was on him. But I would rather have a growth mindset than let something chase me down and weigh me down and keep me pressured down and keep me depressed and never get up and get out of it. Amen. If you feel like you're beat down by anything, I want you to know God's hand is reaching down to you today. And he wants you just to lift a hand and take his. And he's going to pull everything with it. Whenever you begin to lift up the Lord, the Bible says that he, he draws us to himself. The scripture says, if I be lifted up, referring to Jesus on the cross, he said, I will draw all men unto me. Talking about finishing the work that sin broke. Finishing everything that needed to be finished. But when we translate that into worship, because it is allowed to be carried into our worship if we lift him up he'll draw us up and so when you live for God with a growth mindset you have to say I don't know why I'm here I don't know why things happen the way they happen. I don't know why I'm dealing with consequences I didn't choose but if you'll lift your hands and say king if you're calling I'm coming to your table if you have a place for me I know I need grace I know there are some broken things in my life I know and I'm trying to give you an altar call today to say you don't have to be completely whole to come to Jesus. You don't have to be completely healed to come to the king's table today. There's grace on your life and you can come to God. And you don't have to carry shame anymore. You don't have to carry the burdens of what was left over from your past. Today, you can wash it all away. If you bow your heads with me, I'm trying to impress on us today that tomorrow can be different because we believe that God has stepped in. Let's, have, let's have, let heaven invade this room right now. Would you lift your hands if you want to or would you bow your head? Jesus, all the days and all the times that we've given you our praise, we've given you our worship, would you lift somebody today don't let them be crushed by the weights of life. The secret let them change. Of the most let them be corrected if they need it. Let us be strong it's enough to endure hardship as a good soldier. Let us come together today and let's celebrate a place at the table. Let's celebrate a calling of the King. More and more let's not fear what he has for us. Let's not fear any changes. This altar's open if it's you need to pray. If you need to seek somebody out and tell them 
I want Swear to go I have where God needs me to go and I just don't know if I have strength. Would you pray with me? Would you find somebody and say where two or three are gathered in my name, there he is in the midst. Maybe you need some help to pray the prayers you want to pray, but you're just a little bit of fear, intimidation of what's going to take place if you pray those prayers. Just step into it. Don't worry about it. God has got you. Go to the king's table right now and eat well so that he builds you strong enough. Eat well so that he builds you strong enough in prayer. Build yourself up in the Holy Ghost, June 1 and 20. Build yourself up in the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. Maybe somebody needs to speak the tongues today. Maybe somebody needs to be built up today. And you don't have a prayer to pray. You don't have a thought to think, but you know that God can build you. Pray in the Holy Ghost. That's how you can build yourself. Pray in the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And then it's... In all I do, I'm thankful for a place at your table. My Jesus. soul thirsts for you. I'm thankful for your grace and your love. I give my I'm thankful for to calling you. me, God, for calling me in your presence, for the making a place for me. Place There's a table. The There's a place of nourishment for you right now on this altar call. It's where Come I on, Mephibosheth. Come on, step out of any victim thinking. Where step I into abide. a growth mindset for yourself. Put your mind on Jesus and let him deal with all the things. Don't worry about having to come in with some things that aren't working right. Just trust God that he's going to help lift you. It's where I hide. I desire you in all I do. My soul thirsts for you. I give my all to you forever. All my worship and all my praise. I give my all. I give my all.